Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. My name is Eliza Kelly, and I am really excited about today's episode for a number of different reasons. I'm going to first mention the fact that this is the very first time that I am recording post coronavirus outbreak. Um, so all of the previous episodes, we had uh, had a number of episodes that we wanted to release that were all recorded prior to this. So all of the episodes up until this one have been conversations that took place before this very crazy new world that we live in. Um, and they're all still relevant. The conversations are no longer valid or, or are not invalid, I should say, because of what's happened. But obviously, everything is sort of different against the backdrop of this new reality. And as things change so rapidly, but also time is standing still, it's this very weird blend where we can't quite figure out like where we are, where we have rooting at all. So obviously, to find explanation and order on Earth, we as humans find patterns and systems of creation and astrology is like, OG, number one order. Um, and I am really excited to, for this first episode post outbreak, to speak with a fellow astrologer. Her name is Nadine Jane. Um, I've been a huge fan of her account for quite a long time. And I am excited to talk to you in general. I was excited to talk to you before this. I'm excited to talk to you now. <laughs> so thank you for being on the show. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super excited. Um, so before we get into all things, I don't know, all, all things pandemic, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how you became an astrologer, your personal mythology, and yeah, and what that means for you right now. <laughs> I wish I could ask you the same question back. I don't know if that's appropriate, but maybe at least offline I'm going to ask you the same question. But um, yeah, I was a, the notorious story that I was a graphic designer at this tiny beauty brand called Glossier. And I was jokingly called the in-house astrologer. Um, and I didn't mean anything by it. I was just probably like many of us obsessed and had discovered things about myself and thought it was God's gift to earth that we had this tool. And I was like, why doesn't everyone learn about this? And, um, but still my career trajectory was to be an art director, then to become a creative director, and then to just stay in the design world. Cause that's what I had grown up in. Um, and I decided that when I was 13, by the way, I was like a super ambitious, but very um, rebellious teenager. So I did horribly in school, but I was really good at art. And so I always felt like that was going to be my outlet towards surviving as a human being on earth. And anyway, and then I grew up in an intellectual family too. I grew up with a family of academics. My parents are both prof chemistry professors of all things. And um, so yeah, my career trajectory never matched what I was told growing up. That's for sure. Did I ever think it would end up in astrology? Definitely <laughs> not. Um, but anyways, I think, I don't know about you, but I think it's not uncommon for people to get into astrology to be going through a super hard period of time. I think that trauma and the healing of that can definitely lead you to certain spiritual paths and certain uh, practices for to find meaning and to find understanding in times that at the moment feel meaningless and feel like they're just torturous. And so weirdly enough, the year before my Jupiter return at 23, I had a pretty bad year uh, personally. And then also some of my professional dreams started to kind of take a turn. Design wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Um, it's a very egoic type of field because it's all subjective, right? Like you essentially say, I like this color. I like this, you know, font and someone can disagree with you. And it's literally one person's opinions pitted against another. And I hated that. 
And um, I have Jupiter and Libra, so I think I definitely like balance. I don't really like the idea of um, competing opinions. So anyways, um, I took a front-end web development class when I was a designer because I was bored. And in that class, the uh, instructor said, you have to build a site that has nothing to do with your day job because the majority of us were working day jobs. It was a night class. So I'm like, all right, it can't have to do anything to do with Glossier. So duh, I'm going to make an astrology website. And I'm sure you know this, but even five years ago, this was five years ago. Now, yeah, I was going to ask you, what, like, is our, no, what is the timeline on this? Five years ago, this was 2016. Yeah, it was some, somewhere around 2016. And um, I don't know if you remember this because it seems like it was yesterday, but like there was no co-star. There was no one who was designing astrology in a cool and modern way. But I know that I was also, my business had failed by 2016. So <laughs> I, oh, so wow. it's okay, okay cool. that you didn't know. It's fine. I'm just still working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were fighting the good fight then because no one was really doing that work at the time, at least from what you could get off of Google. Let's put it that way. And um, so, yeah, I built this site for fun in this front end web development class. And then I sat on the project for about a year. All my friends, all the girls at Glossier were like, you got to launch it. You got to do something with it. And I was like, no, like, I'm not an astrologer. I don't really, you know, I know a lot of things compared to the average person, but I'm by no means trained. And a year later, so in 2000, so it was September 1st, 2017, got in a massive fight with my long distance boyfriend, had the entire weekend to myself. By the way, that was, um, is it Labor Day week? It's some four day weekend where, you know, all my friends were gone. I was stuck in New York City. I was living in the East Village at the time, by the way. And I basically had four days to like sit with my feelings. And that is not a comfortable feeling for Virgo <laughs> rising. And so I decided um, I'm going to make an Instagram account based off of the design system that I had made for that website a year prior. And it was kind of like miraculous and it was a little bit like fate where I think it grew to about a thousand people in the first day. And mind you, my intention was not to build a following. And I'm really not just saying that my goal was, hey, I'm bored and, a, and I'm having a horrible fight with my boyfriend and my Glossier girlfriends want to know more about astrology. So I'm going to make this thing for maybe the 50 people that I was working with at the time. But then all those girls knew people. So like if my friend Eva posted about it, she has like 5,000 followers. So they're going to, you know, 5,000 people in theory are going to be seeing this thing that I had made. And then it kind of snowballed from there. And I think six months later, I had to exit Glossier to start a wow. business, which was not my intention at all. Yeah. So what I always say, which is just the honest to God truth, is that I think I was called an astrologer before I actually identified as an astrologer, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like I really had to like keep up in the sense of like people were asking me to do readings before I was willing to like ask for money because I didn't know enough quite frankly to warrant that type of business so I was like this is where my Virgo rising Gemini midheaven match each other and helps me a lot is that I was able to digest so much information in such a short amount of time because people were asking me about the houses and I didn't know a ton about the houses, right? And so it kind of felt like my followers were holding me accountable to continue learning faster and faster and more and more. And then now, two and a half years later, I finally feel like I have the right to say that I'm an astrologer. But at the time, it was so much craziness of, of potentially just again, thinking about astrology and how the universe works, um, it was a greater power than myself at work there because I did not have the foresight to create a business, if that makes sense. I didn't have any plans 
Um, so anyway, it's pretty unconventional path towards astrology, but it was, it was, a, it's been a fun ride. So, I will say so that. when you, when it was at that six month mark and you started to realize that it wasn't sustainable for you to have the job that you had at Glossier and then also do this, where was that pressure point coming from? Was it like amount of time that you were spending? Was it in trying to honor like different business prospects or where, where was that, where was it coming up against itself? That's a good question. It was literally the first point inflection point where publications started reaching out to hire me to write horoscopes or to uh, work an event for them or something like that. Um, and I just kind of realized I had to shit or get off the pot when it came to my full time job, because maybe I was able to accomplish my daily tasks, but my heart was very in my mind, I think more importantly, was very much elsewhere. And so it was a it was a pretty obvious and natural thing to do. And yet at the same time, it's fucking terrifying if you've never run a business before. I'd never even been freelance at that point. I'd only ever been a full time employee. I'd been a bartender and a waitress, but those are very different things. And um, so, yeah, it was terrifying, but it was honestly like probably the only thing I could have done at the time. So since then, how have you how has like committing yourself to astrology professionally um and building a business have has your relationship with astrology changed since then yeah again i would love to know how it's changed for you but i feel like the more you know the more you realize you don't know in the sense that it's like you master one thing like the houses or you master aspects or you begin diving into the outer planets and understand their understanding their deeper meaning and then you realize like there's so many worlds to uncover even further and then you can specialize and you can become really good at certain things and um I'm enrolled in this course at uh, MISPA, which is a Mercury Internet School of Psychological Astrology. It's founded by, I think it's founded by John Green. He at least adopted it from a different school that was physically based in London, and then he decided to make it an online uh, school, which has been really awesome. And so that's been a really interesting time of just really diving deeper into like, what does the psychology of a chart look like? what does Chiron and Pluto say about a person's upbringing? How does that affect them to this day? What are our, you know, neuroses? What are our addictions? What are, those are the things that literally light my brain on fire because when I was having that breakdown in graphic design, I literally thought to myself, maybe I should go be a therapist. I thought about enrolling in a, you know, to get my master's in psychology or something like that. Um, and astrology is just that awesome bridge where we talk about a lot of psychological ideas but through the lens of the planets which is way more interesting and way more exciting to me as an Aquarius. Yeah agreed. I, I it's interesting because I have just sort of always similarly eighth house stellium here have been fascinated by. Yeah oh wow. <laughs> I know it's a, it's, a, it's a journey. I've been fascinated by like right. psychology and trauma and why people are the way they are and what they're you know like sort of the root the, the deepest, deepest root of their experiences. And sometimes that even transcends someone's right. lifetime, which I think is where the cool spiritual aspect yes. of things come in. Um, is that, you know, right. not necessarily even things that we've encountered in our own flesh and bone meat suits reality. Totally. Um, but I, at the time of this recording, have just finished my manuscript for my third book. And it's, I'm really excited about it. It's a real, um, it, I mean, I've been working almost for 10 years in astrology, and it's a real amalgamation of so much of the wisdom that my my clients have taught me and that I've learned through studying with different teachers and these techniques and how I've sort of synthesized it into my own schools of thought on it. But I would mm. find myself periodically being like, 
I don't, I'm scared of using the word narcissist here for some reason, even though I'm not scared mm. of using it with my clients and I'm not scared of using it right. on Instagram I'm or in workshops. Right. Like I'm, I'm worried that when I use these very psychological terms that are sort of embedded terms, into right. like that particular social science that I'm going to get pushback right. on not being a psychologist, but using that language. Totally. And I'm actually sharing this with you pre-reconciling it. I'm, I was very mm. conscientious of making sure that the language I used throughout the manuscript didn't pull too much from psychological jargon because I didn't want there to right. be sort of like a, well, are you just now giving like unsolicited therapy? Like, cause that's right. not, that's like what we would call a quack, you know, like we don't want to do that. Right. But my work is not, right. I, I do feel like an expert in the field that I'm in, but it's just that we talk about very similar things. Right. right. But where does it begin right. and end? Like, how do, do we have to create our own words that aren't rooted in psychology in order to define things like right. we do we have those it's just that we need like if someone is a 12th house person it's like you have to use regular language to be able to explain what that means translate that totally yeah I think in the beginning of Chani's new book she said something like astrology is not therapy but it is therapeutic and I thought that was such a nice way to put it is like these worlds really are colliding and there what the cool thing about taking this MISPA course is there are so many people who are both psychologists and astrologers. And that I think is an exciting potential opportunity for me in the future. I mean, my midheaven in Gemini is like so restless in regards to what I want to do in this one lifetime. And I may very well go back to school for psychology one day, even despite having this like very immersive experience into astrology. So I think that like the possibilities are endless. And I think that whether people, again, I grew up in a really academic family. I'm a huge believer in studying and experiencing all these things, but we work with clients. That's very similar to a therapist having their own clients in the sense that we really are dealing with the human stuff. And yes, maybe we don't have the exact words for it or anything like that, but I do think that. And the last thing, actually, as it's slight tangen slightly tangential, I think in some ways I've gotten more out of astrology than I have with therapy. And I've been in therapy for over a decade now. I'm a huge believer in therapy, but there's something about merging those worlds. And I loved what you said about the idea of potentially some of the stuff in the chart does not just speak about you in this lifetime, but potentially past lives. That opens up this whole other perspective, I think, when you're dealing with issues around trauma or self-hatred or addictions, that type of thing. I would just really like to expand my conception of things. And so anyways, yes, the worlds are very blended. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's it's we project ourselves into astrology. So it's no surprise that we're not totally or the the, the vast majority of people practicing now are not using astrology to uh, predict what the crop yield is going to be. You know, maybe we need to in a right. Taurus Uranus world, maybe we actually should start totally. doing that a lot more. <laughs> Go back to that, right? <laughs> but as of right now, we're, you know, as the human interest in diving into oneself and psychology mm -hmm. and self-actualization and uh, all of that has become more and more comprehensive in the past over 100 years now, of course, the way that we're seeing right. astrology, which is just a mirror of our own thought process, is becoming increasingly reflective right. and increasingly personality driven. And we're totally. going to use the tools that we have when we're talking about those things, which the only right. field that we can pull from is psychology, because that really is the only other uh, 
that is the only other industry that is the only other like language set that has been created that we can share a lexicon right. with. So maybe I've just resolved it. Totally. Maybe it's not that I am when I when I, for instance, if I wanted to talk about the archetype of a narcissist, maybe I'm not talking mm -hmm. about the archetype of the same psychology a narcissist. I'm actually talking about Narcissus, the Greek <laughs> mythology mm. origin yeah, of it. Totally. <laughs> and then we are all totally. converging at that same point. Yes. <laughs> have you not not to like flip the interview on you, but like since you have been doing this for a decade, you said, like, have you noticed how do you explain the huge uptick in interest in astrology in the sense I'm assuming you've had a change in your relationship with your clients over the past decade right because people are like for instance I mean even outside of astrology we're we are suddenly embracing therapy more we're embracing healing and all those practices and stuff like have you noticed a change in how people relate to astrology over the past oh yeah years? I mean I would say that I also want to qualify that like I haven't been in the same working in the same capacity that I'm in now for the past mm. 10 years but I, I actually, um, I, I would not have said 10 years until pretty recently because in, as I was putting together content for my book, um, I went into some of my like very old archives from college. And when I say archives, I mean old like live journal posts legit. Um, and I saw that right. I was, would be musing about astrology, like way before I even realized mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was talking about like dating right. Virgos and like being a Leo. And right. then in 2011, totally. somebody, I guess I first was introduced to that like 13 sign thing. And I was like, fuck this. I'm a right. Leo. I'm forever a Leo. Like, <laughs> so it was, right, it was more right. of like being someone who was using astrology in my life and then sharing that information with my friends. But it was in 2013 mm -hmm. that when I moved to Los Angeles for the first time, like so many people do when they move to Los Angeles, that I started to see like, oh, wow, like this is actually much more complex. And then it was in 2014 mm. that uh, my former business and I, part my former business partner and I started Align, which was an astrology dating app. And then, so mm. that I guess it started formally in 2014. And then 2016 mm. is when we closed it. And then from there, there was a buildup process for me to sort of reintroduce myself to the world as my own person, um, as an astrologer, yeah. as opposed to right someone who is making an astrology app so right but right, right, right. specifically in 2013 14 th through the election <clears throat> from 2013 to 2016 which was when i was starting to um structure my first business around astrology and like really understand what was out there our entire pitch was we want to make astrology accessible we want to create a mm. language of astrology that appeals to millennials and this is when millennials were still like young and people still cared about millennials but now we're all fucking now old, we're all yeah. old yeah. <laughs> um, but we you know so we were interested in sort of like because all of the most of the language that was out there was very you know and there's a few people who obviously were had had done similar work you know I'm thinking of the Astro Twins in particular, who have been always... Totally. I yeah, love Yeah, they're them. amazing. Yes. Um, and they've done such great work for so many years. But by and large, with the with very few exceptions, most in 2013 and 2014, it was all like Linda Goodman, 1970s, mm -hmm. um, or it was extraordinarily technical and not for right, like, right. just the average... The reader. average reader. Yeah. So it, right. we really wanted right. to sort of like find a way of making 
the complex stuff digestible. Um, and mm. then, of course, at least when Align began, it was a dating app. So through the lens of compatibility. Um, and mm. when we were going out to venture capitalists and trying to like, you know, have a formal startup as we thought we were supposed to, right? Uh, it was horrendous. I mean, the- I can only the, imagine compared to yeah, today. And the fucked up thing I will right. add is that so many of the existing, the current astrology apps, they're invested by the VCs that we pitched. So like surprised. somebody has to like introduce someone, you know, somebody has to be like, hey, this yeah. is an opportunity. And at first you're like, I don't know how totally. big it is. But then the next one comes around and yeah. you're like, I've heard about this before. I think this might actually have legs, says the VC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was in 2014, 2015 and 2016, the amount of times that we were shamed for, I mean, legit shamed by uh, venture capitalists who also were like, we invest in young women. And we'd get scathing emails right. from them being like, you are like, this isn't science. Like, this is bullshit. Mm. Like, people don't want this. You can't ma make a company based on this. And I would say <clears throat> that um, a big change that I saw in the world came after the 2016 election. Um, yeah. And I think that that was when people started to realize that they didn't just want astrology, but they needed it. And that there needed to be another right. way of understanding what was happening. Um, totally. And of course, now with another election coming up just a few months away and against the backdrop of a pandemic, I think that we're also seeing sort of a, even a, I don't know, we're, we're in the early stages of seeing sort of like a different extension of what this mm. is going to look like. So I do actually just want to add in because people I know are going to be listening to this that I've said for a few, I've said for the past year on this podcast that I am concerned about the formation of cult starting in 2021 when mm. we have so much Aquarius energy. And I want to <laughs> mention for our listeners who did not hear those earlier episodes, that I am still concerned about it. And I want you guys to all be very mm. diligent in making sure you don't join any cults right now. <laughs> it's really important. Right. <laughs> Right, right. So yes, we're right. watching. And this is very 70s too. I mean, like early, like chaos, we have astrology, we have all of like, you know, the Manson calls. But we also have Uranus and Taurus from the Great yes. Depression. So I mean, we have the backdrop of a total financial crisis on our hands as well, which is frightening. Yeah, so I guess this is a good segue into what do you think is <laughs> happening right now, <laughs> which I'm sure a ton of people um, are asking you as well. To be honest, I think everyone's going to hate this response. To be honest, I tread super lightly for trying to give a hard and fast explanation of why this happened or how it happened or what we could have seen. Um, the most obvious thing that occurred to me, the thing that I've been feeling, honestly, for the past two years or so is like the Saturn-Pluto-Jupiter conjunction in Capricorn. I mean, all I thought to myself is something's collapsing. I don't know what it's going to be. The thing that I was predicting for the past couple of years has just been a financial crash. So the fact that COVID does have a lot of financial after effects makes sense to me from that perspective. Um, would I have ever predicted or foreseen a pandemic? I have to personally humble myself and say absolutely not. Um, the interesting timing to me, though, about it is the idea of like Saturn moving into Aquarius in that same month, Mars moved into Aquarius. There's an energy shift moving out of the dismantling of systems, which is how at least I interpret the Pluto, Saturn, everything in Capricorn. 
and moving towards. So it's interesting that you're fixating on cults. I'm fixating on rebellion. So I'm fixating on the traits of Aquarius that are inventive, um, out of the box thinking. By the way, I'm a super glass half full astrologer. I must warn you that I'm not the doomsday predictor. I'm, I'm quite the Thank opposite. Thank God. Um, yeah. So my, and plus I think I'm super biased because I, I have a stellium in Aquarius in my sixth house. And um, what I'm hoping for is that I'm hoping for a renewed sense of, I have to think of as, of, I have to think as an individual, which is very Aquarius Leo axis in order to think of something greater than myself. So what I'm hoping for is like a lot more activism, a lot more people being more outspoken. I mean, I think we experienced a lot of that with all the planets in Capricorn, but I think we're gonna see a shift towards something that's slightly more um, out of the box thinking. I also think like, I mean, we are born into a generation like speaking of millennials where like we were born with Uranus and Neptune and Capricorn. So I think we really were always going to be the generation that said, hey, these outdated systems don't work for us any longer. So I am like humbly and safely um, optimistic about the election, believe it or not, for the same reason with at least having Saturn and Aquarius is we're all going to have to think super seriously about what we think as individuals so that we can think for the collective. Because one of the traits of being an Aquarius is being humanitarian and caring about the well-being, being a part of something greater than yourself, right? Like not having an ego so that you can think objectively about what the world needs. So I'm looking forward to like one of the I read that was nothing to do with astrology, but I think it was the New York Times put out um, this amazing article of all of these different experts opinions on what the long term effects of COVID are going to be. And they range like one of them wrote about how maybe this the people who live through this will never have physical contact again. We'll all be afraid to hold hands. We'll all be afraid to like shake hands when you meet someone, for example. And then um Another person wrote maybe a renewed commitment and belief in science again, because we have, I think, as a culture kind of moved away from that. We've gotten really into like Trump era type thinking. I would really, look, I'd to, really like to talk out. about this. I'd really, really, I think oh, this okay. is a responsibility right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, whatever your political beliefs are, sure. But I don't think that necessarily like the government as it stands is completely rooted in facts and data. And I mean, he told us to inject ourselves with uh, whatever it's called with um, hand sanitizer. And um, so to me, Aquarius, another side of it is the science side. So of objective thinking, you know, facts, information, that type of thing. Um, so yeah, I think, I don't know if that answers your question at all, but I think I what I did see was a collapse in something physical because we had Uranus and Taurus and we had all those planets in Capricorn. So I was really worried about global warming at the time. And obviously I'm still super fucking worried about it. Um, but it, it, I think it's interesting that it has to do with the body. I find that very fascinating with two earth signs. Uh, it's not how I would have predicted it at all. And then what I'm hope, like hopefully optimistic about is all the planets then moving to Aquarius over the next couple of years. Yes. What about you? What were your? Well, you know, I also, it's, I have been anticipating 2020 for actively for like, I don't know, since the 2016 election, really. Like I, as soon as the 2016 mm -hmm. election happened is when actually in 2016, I had my first podcast with my former business partner. And if the, we only recorded, I think eight episodes and it was like from January through our, when our company closed through June. And we were, we were trying mm. to start to like be like, oh, how can we save the business? We'll try to do a podcast. We'll try to do this. We'll try to do that. So in those right. podcast episodes, sometimes, you know, in the past when I revisited them, it's like you can hear us becoming sort of like more and more weirded out by like what's happening in astrology. And we're like, wow, like we have like 
five like personal planets retrograde like how are we have like mercury and venus and mars and then all of these other things happening and like did trump just become the presidential republican candidate like that's weird like so we started to try to like make sense of like like clearly life is not going as we thought it was going to be going so why don't we take a closer look to see how sort of macro astrology which is technically you know mundane astrology which i don't think is the best terminology for it because it is so big right um totally we started that's when we started looking at all petition to change (laughs) yeah our own language aquarius shit right um right and then after the election, I was like, okay, what's going to come next? Like, what are we seeing for these mm. next four years? And that's when I started to mm. expand my vision to, uh, you know, right. scale for 2020. And it seemed like it was all, and like all, I had all of these vintage astrology books and they all ended at 2020 and everything seemed like sort of like mm. 2020 is when, you know, cause we know that that was when the, we had all of these planets connecting Jupiter, Uranus, um, Jupiter, Saturn, mm-hmm. and Pluto connecting in mm-hmm. Capricorn, which they haven't connected in Capricorn mm-hmm. for a really fucking long time um, since the 1500s. Yeah. <laughs> for so right. we, you know, wanted to unprecedented. Yeah, it, we wanted to sort of like understand what was going on. But then past 2020, it was like I feel like what we have to learn in 2020 is so uh, incomprehensible that. I can't even, right. I haven't even really done the amount of work on any other year that I have done on this year. Right. So I have tons totally. of published articles and posts and sort of musings about from the past four years as to how I anticipate 2020 looking. But then I don't, mm. I, at this moment, I'm still kind of trying to figure out the follow up to it because we just right. knew that everything was going to change this year and we kind of just needed to wait and see what that actually meant. Because um, if you break right. down all of the different planets doing all of these really important things, and you know we're gonna have Uranus right. and Pluto connecting, like this doesn't end in the, right. for a long right. time. Like we have, we don't have the Pluto return right. until 2026. Like what we knew was that right. we were going to have major change happen in 2020, but we didn't. Right. But until we knew what that change was going to be, we couldn't. Or at least for me, like I didn't feel be- comfortable being like. And then we're gonna take that information, and then 2021 and 2023, like. I don't know totally. what it's going to look like now. <laughs> we have to like see. I know. I know. I don't know what your philosophy is. I absolutely know and, and love the fact that every astrologer is different. The thing that I know that I'm not interested in doing is black and white predictions. You know, like some people are into like predicting elections, some people like results, and some people are into um, like with their clients even saying you're going to get married in this year. I... I don't know what it is in me, but there's, I just, um, I love to let life happen to a certain extent where I would much rather use astrology for big life events to look back reflectively and learn something from it. Just like why we study history and things like that. But I think, um, and I think also, by the way, I think this comes with the fact that I'm a young astrologer in the sense that, you know, it's funny reading, doing cl- readings with clients and not even having gone through my own Saturn return. You haven't I'm gone telling through all your these own Saturn what return yet? I'm I'm starting it now. I'm yeah, I'm starting my oh, Saturn now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I think also there's this certain, you know, in my um Misfit class, one of the things that we've been really talking a lot about are just all these pivotal pivotal life events that we're gonna go through. You know, you, it's not just the fact that it's a Saturn return, you have a Saturn square, you have a Jupiter square, you have a Jupiter return, you have all these things, right? And 
I think there's something to, I could potentially map out my entire life if I really wanted to. Like, what's 40 going to look like? What's 50 going to look like? But I just choose not to, just as my own uh, belief system and how I want to use astrology, I guess. If that makes yeah, sense. absolutely. I mean, I have found um, through time, you know, and through having my private practice, I've really changed the way that I work with clients. I've created a lot more, it's a lot more rigid than it used to be when I was first beginning mm. to work, have one-on-one sessions. Um, where I had no boundaries and I was like letting them yeah. just like roll on for hours and I would like have to right. cancel my dinner plans like through text because it was like this, like, it looks like this <laughs> client session is going to run five hours. Like, and I just like, I didn't right. know how to <laughs> stop giving information. And now my sessions right. are so Saturn, which I'm a Capricorn rising and they're so fucking mm. contained. And like, I am so- yeah clear like I get so much information from the first five minutes and just sort of hearing what somebody wants to why they booked an astrology session that I from there you know it's I basically like I I can sort of gauge how whether it is appropriate or not for me to make any predictions at all um so I am not going to make predictions for someone who is not in the right state of mind to handle predictions I would only make predictions for someone who I felt like wouldn't ruin their life <laughs> by thinking right. that things are going to go a certain way and then creating that self-fulfilling right. prophecy. Yes, exactly. It's funny that you mentioned that because at the beginning, three years ago when I started, um, I used to feel like we had to be like psychics in the sense that I thought that I couldn't ever get to know them before the reading started. I don't know why I put so much pressure on myself, but I was like, I need to wow them with the fact that the chart tells me everything. You know what I mean? And now something that I've started doing, which I love, is spending five minutes, just like you were describing, for me, not only asking them their desires for the reading, asking them about themselves. So when I'm talking about their Scorpio midheaven, I'm not just assuming they might be in psychology. I actually know what they're doing that might look nothing like psychology, for example. So I think, yeah, I I think boundaries and then also like giving them room to let us know what they need and want out of it has been kind of life changing, I think, for how the readings have gone. Yeah, I think that um, we don't want to ever push a one size fits all uh, model on anything involving astrology or any real spirituality for that matter. You know, I think that Right. Uh, obviously, no shade on anyone who has a more traditional fortune telling approach to their specific style totally. of mysticism. But for me, it's like uh, it, it's not productive. You know, I want things. Right. I want this is a process. This is a lifelong commitment that right. we're making to understanding ourselves. Like this is not a right. one done thing. And I yeah. feel like, you know, when I see a lot of people who don't know about astrology trying to create trying to monetize in the space and trying to create opportunities they want it to be the sort of like uh magic eight ball cookie like get your answer and move on but it's just not it's it's a which is so disappointing (laughs) for people when it's not right it's it's a whole I mean it's a story it's the story of somebody's life it evolves just as somebody keeps going I mean, it makes me think about so many things, but I'm like pretty immersed. I won't like break my anonymity, but I'm immersed in the 12 step world, which is a lot about um, owning your side of the street. And I think that like, that's kind of just my goal with clients is not so much like, let's not 
place blame and let's not predict things that may or may not happen because astrology can tell you a ton, but it, I, I don't personally believe it can tell you when actual events are going to happen and what they're going to look like, maybe more importantly. Um, and so I'm just more interested in some, in like self-actualizations for, to someone to tell, you know, that's why I fell in love with astrology about is realizing like, I am a good writer. My charts ruled by Mercury and Mercury rules my 10th house. You know what I mean? Like that's fucking dope. And I would have never known that otherwise. Cause I grew up in a family of academics where I was told I was supposed to go into science. You know what I mean? So I think, um, I love focusing in on clients of the things that are, are in their control, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the fact that you might be really good at art and you might not have tapped into that, or you might be really good at, um, there's a relationship that you can build with your sibling that you might not have realized. And that's kind of cool. Like things like that, I think putting in the client's hands, I think is how I feel like ethically I can say goodbye to them at the end of a session because I do have reoccurring clients, but for the most part, I meet a lot of new people and it might be one and done. It might just be a fundamental birth chart reading where I just tell them a bunch of cool things about themselves and they have to go do something with it. So I always want it to be as functional and productive as possible, which is like, just like own who you are. And that's, that's a lot of tools at your disposal Mm -hmm. now. Hello everyone. Aliza here. I just want to introduce you to one of this episode's sponsors It is a company called Care Of. It is a wellness brand that makes it easy for you to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that allows you to feel your best today and supports your long-term health. Care Of is focused on the quality, science, and research that goes into their products and recommendations. So if you're like me and you've had a tough time navigating the vitamin aisle, you don't even know where to start, Care Of makes taking your vitamins and supporting your health goals really attainable. All you need to do is go on the website, takecareof.com, take a short quiz and answer some questions about your diet, your goals, your lifestyle, like how much sleep do you get? Do you care about your nails and your hair? The answer will be obviously. (laughs) Um, I took the quiz and it was actually a really great experience for me to understand what my priorities are in terms of my own nutrition and the things that matter to me. Um, Sleep is a really big issue for me. And I indicated that on the quiz and Take Care Of sent me these dream team packets that are these melatonin packets. I took one last night and I fell asleep on my couch, which is not normal for me. I cannot emphasize this enough. I do not pass out anywhere. I have a very hard time falling asleep and staying asleep. And last night I did indeed have a very good night of sleep. I feel extremely rested today and they just sent it to me so I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to like be proactive in any way about this other than taking this awesome quiz. And you can take this quiz too. go to takecareof.com and you can even get 50% off your first order by using the code starslikeus50. So go to takecareof.com, enter the code starslikeus50, get 50% off and give it a try. It's super easy to use and it's good. <laughs> so what would you say that at this point in your practice are the things that you love to do the most and what are the things that you don't like to do the most? Yeah, so I think I'm at a crossroads of readings. Um, I really love them. They teach you everything you need to know. Like I learned how to write horoscopes by reading birth charts. You know what I mean? I mean, it like um, what I'm curious about is how is that sustainable in the long run to do this much one-on-one client work? And is that where I'm going to be the most useful? I don't really know. Um, the devastating thing about saying that out loud is that I really love it. And I really like connecting with individuals. Um, 
And so, yeah, that's one piece where I'm just figuring out in what capacity do I want to continue doing that? I've like, I've made my booking availability so much tighter than it used to be. There was a phase where I was doing like six readings a day and I'm sure you can imagine. Like that's not healthy for no. anyone. I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking. So I think um at the very least, like continuing to finesse what amount of readings a week is actually productive for both me and the clients. Um another question mark to me is like monthly horoscopes because they are so time consuming. And you know, another example, like okay, from different polar styles. Like, I think Chani and I think um, Susan Miller are both fantastic at writing horoscopes. Like, Susan kind of gives it to you straight where she's like, this is what's up. This is what's happening. It's not, like, necessarily very poetic, whereas obviously Chani's is extreme. Like, Chani's made me cry many times in my life. You know what I mean? And those are people where I look to them and I'm like, damn, that is one of your gifts. Like, you're a really, really talented horoscope writer. I still don't know if I am that. I think I'm still finessing if that's true for me or not. So I think horoscopes is a big question for question mark for me. Um, and then the things that I do love is like, for whatever reason, I really love public speaking. So like when I do events and, and I'm able to talk about astrology in that capacity, something takes over my body and it's no longer me. And it's like probably some ancestor of mine <laughs> who's like phoning in and is like, hey, I'm going to tell everyone about this. Um so, yeah, I think just figuring out what the longer term, I, what I do know for sure about my chart is I think it'll be ever evolving and ever changing. And I think I've come to terms with that. I don't know if that even it answers does, your question, yeah. but what if I have well, to ask I, I you back? What about you? I ever evolving and ever changing for how you are um, exercising your your career because I, you have a Gemini midheaven. I have a Scorpio midheaven, but I have Gemini ruling my sixth house and my fifth house. So there's always mm. just like change, change, change. Like, let's try a little bit of this. Totally. Let's explore. Um, right. Uh, horoscopes are the death of me. I uh, am just, <laughs> I, I did not write horoscopes, uh, monthly horoscopes this month for the first month in maybe three or four years because of my book. Wow. And I, of course, when May 1st rolled around, I was like, I don't have anything. But then I was like, I don't right. care. Like, I still know as much right. about the month of May as I did before I wrote these horoscopes. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's so Why are they the taxing. Death of it is so yes, monotonous right? trying to yes. create new ways of, like, yes. the, and they're also, you know, I think that I've learned more recently than not that, you know, each, the, these are sort of pieces of art of, in and of themselves, you know, like, I don't have yes. to be technical in them but it's also like yeah that means you are coming up with like 12 new plot lines constantly so I have new ways that I 100 different thought processes that I use I use tarot now right. as a way of like oh you cool. know pulling up like pulling a card using that as sort of like my meditation for then how I'm entering mm-hmm. reading the horoscope like I will mm-hmm. play game I basically have to come up with different creative games to play in order for me to right. get new ideas onto the page and not just regurgitate the things that I've said for the past fucking four years because it's oh. just not specific enough to really get in but it's big enough that you have to narrate you know oh, 
you are yeah I mean I'm sure every astrologer can agree with each other upon this yeah I just identify times a thousand my friend texted me the other day pissed off that Susan Miller was late on her horoscopes and I said look I've been writing monthly horoscopes for two and a half years and I'm tired so imagine how Susan's feeling you know what I mean like I'm like of course she's late yeah and every every single year I can't and I was actually just telling this to my boyfriend the other day like Susan Miller every month is late on her horoscopes so you'd think like well, should right. you know to start earlier like no because you have to recover after you write them and by the time you recover yeah. you're suddenly too late already all over again like you can never because and maybe it's like a fucked up trick from the cosmos that you are you always are playing catch up yes yes I completely agree with you I think that horoscopes have ruined months for me because I'm like it's always the next month you know like normally I'd be excited it's May and I'm like no fuck, it's May which means I have to write June horoscopes you know what I mean it's just yeah it's an interesting process and the last thing I will say to answer your original question the biggest excess so my Saturn return is in my sixth house by the way so that should give you enough context for like what I'm going through um mine was in my 12th so I can Find I'll, I can share with you oh. separately from the, the other side of the equation. I would love to hear about that because Chi, it's good. My Saturn opposes my natal Chiron in the twelfth, so like my Saturn returns. Mine, mine opposes uh, Chiron too. Saturn. Anyone who's good at astrology, low key. Anyone who is an astrologer or who has a natural, I, I don't know what it is, but everyone has Saturn Chiron opposition. That's it's opposition incredible. Chiron, yeah. It's hmm. maybe wanting to do something productive with their wound or trying to find yeah, trying to like order yeah, trying function. to find the structure of the trauma. Right, fascinating. So your your Chiron's in your yeah. sixth. That's fascinating. Wait, we should totally talk shop yes. then because I'm heading into like <laughs> my Chiron is opposed anyways, like directly. By the way, my natal moon is conjunct Saturn. Like my like the, my Saturn return is going to be a shift. Are you a new moon Aquarius? Hmm. Well, no, um, technically not because I'm four degrees, 20 degrees. Oh, okay. So just after the new moon. Um, anyway, that's besides the point. But the last thing. So anyways, the existential crisis that I'm having around astrology, and this is totally honest and new, is that when I first, I'm sure you feel this way because damn, you've been like fighting the good fight for a <laughs> while. But the boom in astrology is making me try and figure out where I'm helpful because at this point there are all of these companies who are doing what I could be doing like in the sense of like co-star is awesome I'm working with this new dating app ironically that you started a dating app called struck there's all these people who like okay so I used to be a graphic designer and so and I'm big into technology so like my curiosity is like well am I helpful around building a beautiful thing that teaches people about astrology but how many fucking people are doing that right now you know what I mean so I think not in a bad way but I think I'm I'm up to this point with the business where I'm just like I don't really see the next obvious path and I think part of the spiritual practice is being okay with that and trusting and having faith that like my Saturn return is not supposed to be the most awesome and expansive period of my life and that, by the way progression wise I'm in a balsamic moon phase so I'm ending a cycle like pretty much everything gets better for me 30 onward I mean for and so, everybody um, 30 on is so for everybody <laughs> I would never go back to my 20s ever 
Yeah. <laughs> so I think I do feel to answer your question is like, I don't know. And it's scaring the shit out of me. And yet at the same time, the best periods of my life where I wasn't were when I wasn't certain about what the next venture was going to be. So I'm just trying to make peace with the fact that people are doing the work that I want to be out in the world. And I think I will have clarity one day around like what my piece of that pie is going to be. I legit thought it was going to be totally fine before mine because I was already working Mm -hmm. as an astrologer. I'm Saturn ruled. I'm a fucking Capricorn like rising, you know, like, okay, I thought it was going to be fine. I can do it. (laughs) But it just fucked me up in ways that I didn't see coming because it was in my 12th house. So I couldn't even see, Mm. I couldn't even, I couldn't even comprehend the sort of emotional depth I would need to have in Mm. order for me to find, because also mine, I also have Saturn crossing the ascendant. So there was like a little bit of a, there was a, there was a sort of a rebirth like associated with my Saturn return Mm. in particular because of that 12th to first house sort of like progression. Um, But basically I just had to sort of like completely kill my ego. Oh, See, what I'm worried about, because we're opposites, is I'm worried about the physical death. No, 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 no. Listen, I always say that there's always, there's only like, you only die once, but your chart does things all the time. Like, dies all the time. I know, I know. But I guess more what I'm saying is I'm wondering for myself about that side of return about what physical deaths I go through in order to lose that ego in the sense, because again, it's opposing Chiron and Leo in the 12th, which I think is really interesting. Um, Just in the sense, it doesn't have to be drastic, but it could just mean something in my physical body uh, humbling me in some way, shape or form. That's what I'm curious Well, I think about. that the 6th to 12th house access, like I always just think, I think it really epitomizes the as above, so below arc, like axiom. Yeah. So I think that it could, 6th house certainly could be the physical body that you create. But it could also be just sort of like anything that you've sort of built structure around to support mm. that more psychic, spiritual, astral side of you in the 12th. So right. it doesn't have to be the physical right. body, but it could be sort of like your day-to-day structures. It could be how much time you spend on right. something. It could be like right. how you, you know, whatever smaller container holds a lot of right. stuff. The bigger. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Anyways, we can go back to the normal. That's fascinating. We'll talk later. Well, I we actually are. This is this is our interview, my darling. We're at time, but how oh, awesome. can we? Where can Amazing. we find you? On goddamn Instagram. Just so I'm sorry um, to say on Instagram. I'm sorry to say my entire business is built on Instagram. Um, yeah, Nadine Jane underscore astrology, and then obviously I have a physical website if you want to go there too, which is the same thing, NadineJaneAstrology.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.